welcome. You're listening to the U Urban Bible Study Weekly Leaders Training Podcast. The U curriculum is especially created by and for urban and multi-ethnic churches. This podcast is designed to help leaders in a Bible study using LifeWay's U Urban Bible Study resources. Each week, we examine the biblical passage, review some questions teachers may face, and give a practical teaching tip. I'm Dr. Mark Proston, General Editor for the U Bible Study, and today I'm joined by our content editor, Natasha Menefee. Hello, Natasha. Hello, Mark. Uh, we are back in owning a faith that matters, and it's session two, A Yielded Faith. Uh, in this lesson, we will learn about yielding to the authority of Jesus and how trusting him reaps great benefits in our lives. All right. So faith acknowledges the authority of Jesus. Here's our question. How do we yield to Jesus's authority in our lives? Here's the first thought on this. Yield to Jesus for help. We're here in Luke chapter 7. Let's read verses 1 through 5. When he had concluded saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. A centurion servant who was highly valued by him was sick and about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he had some Jewish elders, he sent some Jewish elders to him, requesting him to come and save the life of his servant. When they reached Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy for you to grant this, because he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. And so here's uh, our first thought on this. Yield to Jesus for help. And so uh, we get to see a centurion. So he was a man who was in charge and in authority, a military man uh, in a high-ranking authority, a centurion. That meant he, centurion, century, uh, had 100 men under his command. And so he was a powerful man in this military uh, uh, avenue. And his servant, who we highly valued, was sick and about to die. And so he got some of the Jewish elders. He didn't uh, do it exactly himself by himself in this Lucan passage. In the Markian passage, he does. But in this Lucan passage, he doesn't do it by himself, but he gets the Jewish elders to plead on his behalf to Jesus. And uh, so he's making this plea. So here he is. He is uh, he is a capable man. He handles things. Uh, you know, uh, what was the old saying uh, for the army? We do more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. Right. And so uh, so he is that kind of a precision uh, get it done kind of attitude. And yet he recognizes there's something he can't do by himself. And he now uh, has to yield to Jesus for help. 
So this is a this is a great thing. This is a great thing uh, to to recognize that Jesus in this area, at least he knows Jesus has more power and more authority than he has. And so he yields to Jesus for help. And this is something at times in our lives we all must do, right? The bravest, the strongest, the most independent of us have come. We have hit some situations where we've got to yield to Jesus for help. What do you see in here, Natasha? I saw those same things that, you know, despite his position or despite our position um, or our status, that we all need help at uh, some point. And so the centurion, um, his care for his servant moved him to action uh, beyond his own status. Um, he knew that this was something beyond what he could do, and his faith moved him uh, to Jesus. And so he he sends for Jesus for help because no matter what his status was, no matter how much you know money we may have, our position, our titles, there are some things that we cannot do. And only Jesus can do. And so when we get desperate and we cry out. And so there's a um, there's a great question in the lesson on page 69 that I encourage you to ask in your uh, classes. Where does our culture encourage us to turn when things get desperate? Um, Because the culture may encourage us to turn to our money to buy things or our job, our status, our position, our power. But it's only Jesus who can who can help us in any situation. I think that's the great example that we see from this centurion that he didn't rely on any of his own authority to make something happen on behalf of his servant. He cared and was moved to compassion and he went to Jesus to seek help because he knew he was the only one that could. All right. So we must yield to Jesus's authority, yield to Jesus's authority. Let's start at verse number six. Jesus went with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to tell him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, since I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. That is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But, Say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I, too, am a man placed under authority. I have soldiers under my command. I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. So there it is. this man now yields to Jesus's authority. So he's in, in the text, he says that, you know, he, he didn't see him worthy enough even to come and ask Jesus uh, in this Lucan passage. And we, I guess we got to keep our minds here because it, it says a little bit different in the Markian passage. Right. So stay here in Luke with us for this study. He doesn't see himself as worthy even to go out and ask Jesus. 
And so this really speaks to the idea that he has really humbled himself. And so, you know, uh, a powerful, powerful man who is in charge like him. And yet, uh, Jesus, a carpenter by profession, a poor man, but he is also a man who is uh, speaking with power and authority and doing signs and wonders. And the centurion recognizes this. And he, authority knows authority when he sees it. That's one of the things I see there. And so he said, look, you don't have to come because I understand the issues of authority is what he says. I, I understand it with my soldiers and I understand it with my servants. And so I can see it in my savior. Come on, that, that, yeah. that, that, that's that my truth right there. My soldiers, <laughs> my servants, and my savior. All right, what do you see in here, Natasha? Uh, verse seven, the end of verse seven is what uh, is that powerful statement of faith that stands out to me. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And um, I think that sometimes we have to, as Christ followers, get back to that, recognizing that all Jesus has to do is say the word. He has that authority and that power. He recognized the authority that he had, that he only needed to speak. He didn't even need to physically be present to heal, that he only needed to speak. Um, Jesus is the son of God. He has the same power and authority of God, and God spoke the world into existence. And so this is not beyond God's uh, power. It's not beyond the authority that Jesus has. So all he has to do is speak. And the centurion believed that so much so. He said, you don't have to come. I know if you speak, it will come to pass and he will be healed. And it's just a powerful reminder for us to remember who Jesus is and the authority and the power that he has and that um, he still speaks into our lives today. So um, that power has not diminished from the time of the centurion to now. All right. Powerful, powerful. And so here's the last thing. Yield to Jesus's response yield to jesus's response let's pick up at verse number nine jesus heard this and was amazed at him and turning to the crowd following him he said i tell you i've not found so great a faith even in israel when those who had been sent returned to the house they found the servant in good health. So yield to Jesus's response. So we see a couple of things. One of his responses was that the servant got healed. And another response here in the text was that uh, Jesus testifies about the faith of the centurion. But Unwritten in these two verses, it's spoken and yet not written down, is the fact that sometimes Jesus's response might not be what you're looking for. And so we are not just to yield to Jesus's response 
when we get what we want, we must yield to Jesus's response even when we don't get what we want. We pray for healing and it never comes. We pray for situations to change and, and they don't. You know, we pray for one thing or another and some of our prayers get answered the way we're looking for them to get answered. And some of them get answered in a different a way that we weren't hoping for or expecting. And so since Jesus is the all-powerful I am, and we are his humble servants, it is important that we yield to him whatever his response. So I, I just think of Mary at the Canaan wedding where she says, whatever he tells you to do, do that. And so we don't know how Jesus is going to deliver or how he's going to answer, but whatever God's will is, we yield to the will of the almighty. What do you see in here, Natasha? Yeah, I like what you just said at the end. It's the how I think uh, sometimes we struggle with. Um, sometimes our faith, we have um, faith in his ability um, and we will yield to that. But it's the how he does it that uh, we we must grow and stretch to, even if it doesn't happen the way we think. Is it still well with our soul? Can we still keep the faith even if how he does it is not the way we think it should happen. In the case of the centurion servant, he was healed, but sometimes healing doesn't take place on this side. Sometimes it takes place on the other side. God removes whatever illness from that person or he removes the person from the illness, but is it still well with our soul? Can we still keep our faith and trust in that, um, that whatever God does is right and maintain our faith and yield to his authority and his decision. So um, I I agree. Uh, we uh, it's a place for us to grow from our yes. God is able. I believe He's able to yes. And however you do it, it is well with my soul. Right, because this is yielded faith, and so some people have faith only when it's working out the way I want them to work it out, and they this. I mean, I'm going to stay on this, you know, and until God works it out. But sometimes it's we've got to yield. So the old, old preacher would say that God answers prayers three ways. Yes, no, and wait. So it, when it's no and wait, we still must yield to the will of the Almighty. All right. What a powerful lesson this is. So if you're a Bible study teacher, I want you to hold on just for a moment because Natasha is going to give us a one-minute teaching tip. But I just want to remind everybody, you need to get your own copy of the U Bible study so you can have it in hand. You can find it at u.lifeway.com. That's y-o-u.lifeway.com. It is our urban cultural forward Bible study. It comes in paper and digital formats. There's a teacher guide in the back of the book, daily devotional pages, keeping us engaged in the scriptures every day. 
Uh, there's a leader's pack that makes the lessons even more powerful, and it aligns with our Bible Studies for Life student and kids curriculum, so there's something for everybody. All right, Natasha, give us our teaching tip for today. So our tip for this lesson is to reflect on the lesson title itself. The word yield means to surrender, uh, to submit, or to give away, or even relinquish possession of something. Um, in this case, it was our authority. As you think of this meaning, ask the Lord to reveal how this Roman soldier was able to relinquish his title and his position to trust Jesus for the healing of his servant. Um, ask yourself, how are you being called to do the same thing as a Christ follower? And then in class, pose that same question to learners as an opportunity to reflect on our current faith. All right. What a great lesson this is. And I'm sure you're going to have an exciting time in your classes as you have this particular discussion. So join us again for another You Bible Study podcast, my friend, because you never know where God will take you.